though. Ah, oh, oh yeah. Okay, now I can hear my lips being chapped just a little bit. You can terrible. hear the chappedness of your lips. I can feel it. Um, I carry chapstick with me all the time, twenty-four hours a day. Uh-huh. I know where it is, like next to my bed. I'm pretty sure though you could find it almost any place that you've been in the last 24 hours. Got some nooks and crannies. You have some backup chaps yeah. sticks. I keep them. I use one kind of chapstick here. I'll sh- I'll show you. It's uh, Dr. Bronner's All One Organic Lip Balm. You know why that one? Because obviously uh, you always have the purple one. Yeah, just it's got it says naked on it, which I kind of like. Okay, because it's got no flavoring. I don't I don't like chapstick. It makes my I don't like chapstick. It gets too aggro. Make yeah. my lips all tingly and stuff. Okay, or flavored, I assume, is no. the aggressive. Yeah, this is just a nice, smooth, like a lanolin finish on my lips, you know, <laughs> just a moisturize. It's just lotion. I use unscented face lotion mm-hmm. and unflavored chapstick, and I eat food. Yeah, you don't want that mixing together. I don't want it. I don't want it oranges on my lips. No. If I wanted oranges on my lips, I'd eat a fucking orange. Good morning. Welcome to the Nice Peter Podcast. It's intro music for the Nice Peter Podcast. I'm cranky, Dante. You cranky? I'm cranky. It's a Monday. Yeah, it's a but Monday this, morning. This is almost the. Yeah, this is the. It is. It is a Monday morning. This is. This used to be such a special day of the week for me, and this week it's. It's this time, this time of the year is such a, a difficult yeah. time. I feel like uh, where we are in the rap battle schedule is further than we were last Monday. And yeah, by being yes. further, one step further, that means now what? We have like four rap battles dancing in our heads, right. kind of? And it's, it's, it's that much closer to like the deadline time. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Now, it's, it's very difficult for me to actually sit here and complain about it. And maybe that's where some of the conflicts comes in because it's like I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, what? how am I going to – and then I remember you, this is the luckiest opportunity of your life. Yeah. And you just read you know, this whole interview with this guy who survived the Holocaust that inspired me yeah. to stop complaining about anything. Yes. Ever, like ever. Yeah. Like the next time I'm like, oh, where's my chapstick? I'm going to freak out. I got to be like, okay, this is ch- – like what a, com- what a comfort. Yeah. What an easy time to be a white person, like in this world. One hundred percent. I'm a white male in the United States of America. It's yeah. like there's a Louis C.K. bit about this. It's I, the easiest job in all of history. Yeah, but still, it has its uh, difficulties. Deadlines and stress are inherently difficult, no matter yeah. what. All human beings have deadlines and difficulties. Yes, I have. I've been saying this thing lately about that same idea that. Uh, I feel like I've won the life lottery, mm. and I feel like pretty much everyone has won the life lottery, sure. at least if you're listening to the podcast. Just being past the smallpox period of history? Yeah. We all won the life lottery. Sure. Now, now like, there's places that I've never seen, don't know about, things I, I, I don't couldn't imagine. But if you're watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast in a vehicle, driving through the United States or Europe or Australia. But it doesn't feel like that sometimes. And that's yeah. to, to everyone, to, to me, to people listening, to people watching, to people doing whatever. No matter what your – this is going to go out weird for a second. But yeah. when you're sitting in the filth of your own bathroom, your yes. own toilet, yes. there can be an errant pube yep. pile over yep. here that you get used to. And you be yes. comfortable and it becomes part of what your daily grossness is. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to someone else's bathroom, you could see what their daily grossness is and it feels disgusting. 
you're like, oh, it's so gross and dirty in here. Yeah. Then you go back to your own bathroom and you realize, it's wait, it's just as gross as nerdy here. This is why this goes out weird because there shouldn't be errant pube piles in your bathroom. Well, it happens. It happens, and when you see it, when it's not yours, I don't know if this makes any sense, but it's grosser somehow. Yeah, totally. Other, other people's grossness is grosser than your own. 100%. My dirty tissue yeah. that I'll find in my car that I blew my nose on, I'll touch it and be like, ah! Yes. That, that's like, ugh. But if I reach into someone else's car and touch the dirty tissue of theirs, no. it's horrifying. No, you don't want to do that. It's the same component. How does that equate to people's problems? I think we need problems almost to survive. We need the stresses. Count. Kind of. Yeah, Otherwise, we're just totally point. bored. So our brain maybe looks around. It accepts what our normal is as just the normal. Yep. And then it looks around for like, all right, what's hard? What's awesome? Yes. And so we forget to be like, oh, holy shit, this is all awesome. Yes. That's where the life lottery comes in. Right. I feel like sometimes you just got to remind yourself that even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but if you step back, you won the life lottery. Sure. You just did. Yeah. Well, you did. No, I did for sure, but I don't think I'm alone. I, don't, I think You're definitely not alone. a majority of us have won the life lottery. Perhaps. But what about somebody out there who, like, something terrible happened to them? Their parents died. You yeah, know? that's life. And not to say not to say it isn't tragic and it's sad, but that is life. We are going to die. Your parents are going to die. Sure. Remove that because that, that's a shared universal thing that happens to everyone. If you're not like groveling in filth or like a slave to someone, but I think there's or, people. I think there's people who, whatever their loss or their hardship was, they would trade that lottery ticket to you know have another day with their parents or whatever absolutely it's not not to make that as incredibly sad as it is but yeah i I just wonder i certainly know that i think we only we can only assess our own lottery yes you've won your life lottery yes but you still got challenges you still got things that make 100 percent. i'm reading a book about jim henson yeah big biography yeah 680 pages i know what his wife's dad was like okay i know what kind of man he was it's so interesting to factor that into another person's life because it certainly has an influence on it what do you mean your mom's your wife's dad sure oh absolutely yeah my ex-girlfriend's fathers are probably have more influence on my life than yeah than i'd care to acknowledge some of them i can still imagine a little bit over me like, not even directly to me honestly i just there's no question there's a correlation between you know how I my relationship with my mother and what I bring to a, a girlfriend, yeah, and then that girl's relationship with her father and what she brings. Yes, that those yes. we learn we learn that totally. we either we either rebel against it mm-hmm. or we do the same thing. There's like no I don't think there's a new originality there. No, you're either my mom or you're not my mom. <laughs> That's it. That's the only two. Like, hey, you're acting a lot like the parts of my mom I don't like, or you're not doing the things that my mom showed me you should do. So, straighten it out. <laughs> I know you've never met my mother, but yeah, obviously you should be exactly like her good parts and none of her bad parts. Yeah. I think that goes on and inside of our heads. Jim Henson, did you know that in the 1960s, Jim Henson was nominated for an Oscar for a movie that had no puppets in it? Did not. Jim Henson didn't want to do puppets. He wasn't a puppeteer. He wanted to be on television, and he wanted to be in set design, yeah. you know, technical aspects. He couldn't get a job. Like, he was a young person. He was, like, 16 or 17. He really wanted to get into television. There wasn't – he couldn't find a job at his local TV station. 
And then somebody was like hiring young puppeteers. He was like, ugh, I guess I'll learn how to work a puppet. Wow. So in one week, he read these two books, this, one by this Russian guy about the art of puppetry and one by this American, I think dude, maybe woman, about like the craft of puppetry. Yeah. In one week, he took a crash course of his own on puppetry, showed up, auditioned for the job, got it, and now he was doing puppets. Because of his fierce inner fire, inner determination, and like high level of expectation, I guess, he was really good at it. But still was like, all right, did the puppets thing, now I'm in television. Asked to get transferred. He was doing puppets on TV, and he was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this. I was wondering if I could work, you know, on like the crew or something. They're like, no, 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 no. people love these puppets. It's it's blowing my mind. And then then this movie thing, he made... This weird, like, avant-garde kind of art film that had no Muppets, puppets. It was all live action. It was him. Yeah. It was, like, about him running against the clock. He directed and wrote it? Directed, wrote it, started it, made all the music, and edited it. Wow. And then submitted it to all these, like, you know, production studios. Nobody wanted it in America, but some French movie studio picked it up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say baguette or something. <laughs> <laughs> A French baguette picked it up, ran with it. Spread some mayonnaise on it, and it, it turned out to be delicious. Uh, but no, he, it became like big in Europe, and he got nominated for an Oscar for it. Wow! It, it is that it, this is, this book is blowing my mind every day. I cry the first two pages. By the way, I got to read those first we'll two pages. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, what? Where? Where was his local TV station at that time? Washington, around the Washington D.C. area. Gotcha. He started something called Salmon Friends, which, by the way, Kermit was on, not a frog. Happened the, to me. The weird looking curve? No, it, well, no, it's the same. It's basically, it didn't have the, the collar. Okay. So right. here's the evolution of Kermit, real quick. Uh, his grandfather was dying, and he was staying, he was like at his grandfather's apartment while he was kind of passing away. He was really sad. Mm-hmm. But apparently, Jim Henson was such an uh, eternal optimist, always doing something with energy, yeah. that he decided to make a puppet while he was there. So he cut up his mother's old greenish, bluish felt coat. Okay just happened to be greenish bluish which is kind of a frog color yeah but he was not making a frog he wasn't called kermit the frog he was kermit the you know the thing yeah it was sam yeah sam was a a sort of a humanoid and then there were all these there was like a purple whatever and a green whatever and like a yellow whatever and and kermit was just another whatever but something about the way he made the face of kermit the frog was so flexible yeah the pinchy nose the pinchy nose yeah that's revolutionary he, because of that kind of pinchy nose style and the bright colors and everything, Jim Henson became the president of the Puppeteers Association of America at 23. Whoa. So because he, he revolutionized puppets, yeah. but still was like, yeah, just trying to get a job in TV, man. <laughs> Want to make movies. O- tried to open a nightclub. That seems he very was, not Jim Henson. I know. He, he, was, he was trying to sign the papers to purchase this nightclub in Manhattan because that's what he wanted to do before – before the you know before Sesame Street, so it was like production was his main goal. I mean, because I'm trying to figure out this nightclub thing. The nightclub thing was just he was just trying to do stuff. So this is where it comes to this race against time. I guess it was this this through line of Jim Henson's life. His brother died, mm-hmm. and when his brother died, I guess it really shook him to his bones, and it made him realize we're all gonna die. Yeah, and I want to do so many things. I I'm not gonna have time to do them all, and so I guess he was just driven with this constant like gotta do it man because time's running out always felt the time's clock. always running out yeah wow and apparently that's what this movie was about some people got it some people didn't but it's just ah. to see everything that he did 
in, in, not in spite of the Muppets' eventual domination, mm-hmm. to to go against it. That that the Muppets were not the only thing he wanted to do. But then eventually, just kind of be like, you know what? These Muppets things are really doing well. I'm just gonna go with it. And I would imagine it was the other things going on in his life that just gave more schmutz to the to the Muppets. Schmutz? Schmutz is not the right word schmutz at all. Schmutz is sure. a greasy smear on a table. But it's, okay, so imagine this is like a good greasy smear. Okay. It gave it more grit and... Well, you just more dynamic, more yes. more aspects to it you could bring in. Like, Definitely. I've been doing this, I've been doing this, I've been doing this. And by yeah. the time Muppets were ready, it was just Muppets had all the stuff behind it. Even on Sam and Friends, which is the original incarnation of, of, of the Muppets, kind of. Yeah. It was about a dude and his imaginary friends... And getting along with them, yeah. but to Jim Henson, it had this like deeper, slightly deeper meaning. It wasn't just a bunch of puppets making jokes. Yeah, it was this guy, you know, navigating society sort of through these weird, colorful creatures. I gotta see this. Yeah, I gotta see it too. It's cra- the the book is blowing my mind. He always made it like back to to spend time with his kids. Like he's an am- he's an amazing man. Yeah, and it does it. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. The first two, I don't remember why the first two, probably because I was sitting by myself at a bar while I read them. There's uh-huh. something inherently sad about that, yeah, but, yeah. but I loved it. Uh-huh. I sent out a tweet about it and I got a bunch of like, aww, back. I said like, I'm, I'm sitting alone by, at a bar reading a biography of Jim Henson and I'm crying the first two pages. I think people thought that was something depressing. Well, if you said you're crying. Yeah, but I was so happy. Gotcha. That sitting alone in a bar reading a book about an amazing man and it's yeah. stirring me emotionally to the point of like a little bit of a tear drops onto my smoked salmon it was that that to me that's what life is for yeah i had to have those kind of emotional responses to, to get art. to get moved yeah it's an amazing book yeah i want to learn a whole bunch about jim henson i i want to see um was it called the crystal dark crystal, dark crystal. still yeah. haven't seen it i keep on hearing about it you've never seen the dark crystal i know man man so, that's honestly like never hearing the wall yeah i know it's yeah almost, i know that's almost exactly what it's like actually yeah it's like it's kind of weird yeah, which and, I well, and dark. I'm into that. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Got to check Netflix. I don't know if they have it. I don't know if it does either. I'll, I'll find it. But you could always go straight to iTunes. You're right. You're right. Well, if Netflix doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. You can even use. I, I've got an Apple TV at the studio. You I know. Can, I'm, I'm thinking you can about use that it. right now. Just do it. Just yeah. do it. You can. You can take it. I'll never notice. <laughs> Big believer of Apple products. Here I am. Um, what do you think of that watch? Huh? I don't give a crap about the watch. Think you're gonna have one? No. Not at all. Do they look like a fucking Jetson to you? Yeah, well, I don't know, man. That's way less intrusive than the Google Glass. I, I see it and I go... Yeah, Google Glass is for the Terminator. Know. Like, the, none yeah, of this stuff sure. interests me. You no, Nothing about the Apple Watch. I, I, got, I got a little harsh, harsh on it. But it, the, the problem I have is not a phone. It's not a device. It's just a communication thing to your phone. So you still have to have... It's just an added thing. Yes. That seems stupid to me. I do. There's really no communication at all? You can't, like... Telecom people like your Jordy LaForge? Not unless your phone is in your pocket. That's what seems kind of stupid to me. Yep. It's just a thing to talk to your phone. I imagine it's only a matter of time. I guess so. I hope so. Can I tell you one more thing about Jim Henson? I would love to. I do. Jim Henson, yeah, bring it. Something that I guess was so... Just like I feel like Mystery Guitar Man, to me, was one of the first guys to use the medium of the YouTube video. Yeah. As his expression of art, mm-hmm. just like Jimi Hendrix used the electric guitar, 
He wasn't playing guitar and it was electric and it was plugged in. Yes. He was using the the fact that the pickups feed back if you knock them with a nickel yeah. kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mystery Guitar Man, the way he used like annotations and linking through other videos and like frame clues, mm-hmm. I felt like he was really exploring what a YouTube video could be. Yes. Jim Henson was the first, one of the first people to completely manipulate puppets for the television. So it always used to be that that puppets would be way up high or like coming out of a curtain mm-hmm. so they could talk to people. But Jim Henson realized you could just lift the whole stage up and just rate, have the camera start at six feet above the ground. Yeah. And so create this whole little world that's defined by here. And you can't see that there's a guy over here manipulating this and all this stuff. Yeah. Because it's just for the TV. So that that's that's cool. I think I just heard something. This is not to disparage any of them. I feel no, like please. I heard things about Elmo. The Elmo guy has a kind of shady history. Elmo guy. And uh, Sesame Street and sorry, and, and no, Henson are not the same. Sesame Street was created by the Children's Television Workshop. Gotcha, which is PBS. I haven't I gotten to that part of the book yet. I know it's Jim Henson's. It is. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Big Bird, mm-hmm. all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Elmo real quick because it's real sad. So the, there's a movie about him. The puppeteer who played Elmo got sued by a young man who said that when he was, and I, I don't have this right, but when he was like 17 or 18, they had a sexual gotcha. encounter. So mm-hmm. it was a young young man and an older man. And mm-hmm. it's terribly tragic to me. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to know that about Elmo. But it's not, like, I think he was like 23. Like, I again, I'm, I don't know enough. We should look this up. Can you look it up so I we know what happened? Because before we start debating this, we should get it right. I agree. Uh, this gives me a chance to talk. While Dante's looking this up, I'm just going to geek out about Jim Henson things to you. Uh, his, his children were taught from a young age that Muppets were just pieces of cloth and they weren't alive. And to not get sad when they saw them ripped in half lying on the kitchen table, which I think is really interesting. Do you know what I mean? You might have missed it. I'm talking to them. Yeah, no. You Go can, ahead. Keep you going. can research. But you can chime in if you want. So I guess Jim Henson, you know, f- to most of us, if we saw Kermit with his eyeballs ripped out, we, it would, like, be really tragic, right? Feel really weird? I'm talking to Derek, the camera guy now, since Dante's researching. Yeah, I'm not a good multitasker when it comes to good. listening and reading. So if you saw, like, if you saw Bert and Ernie with their heads ripped off, you'd get freaked out, and it would, especially if you were a kid. Yeah. So I guess Jim Henson, because... Because of how he felt and because he knew they were going to always be exposed to the, the behind the scenes, there would be a Ernie head sitting on the kitchen table. He, he taught them from a young age that Muppets aren't real. So they might be the only kids in the world that never thought Muppets were real, which is just interesting to me. The guy who birthed them probably had the only kids that never thought they were real. Well, it's like Steve Jobs and his kids play with like Apple products. Did he really not? Derek's saying that Steve Jobs didn't let his kids play with Apple products. That's done. hilarious. Like a lot of, like even Steve, I think Steve Cook, same way. It's like young kids, they don't want that. Like the higher up people don't want them like just drowning away in these devices. Apparently, the guy who invented television um, didn't let his family have a television. Some young genius dude was plowing a potato field. This was also from the Jim Henson book. And as he was dragging his hoe back and forth to sow something for the potato crop. He had the vision of an electron beam scanning an image back and forth like that and invented television while plowing for potatoes. What have you done today, Dante? What? What have you done? 
I've I've done a poor job of researching articles. Did so you find far. anything? I found something, and it's alluding well, to the fact that he wasn't that much older, but I can't get the age. Maybe maybe you should look at uh, an encyclopedia instead of the Huffington Post. Bro, the Huffington Post is my encyclopedia. It's a very, it's got a, it's jaded. Okay, it's not jaded. It's biased. Is that the word? All right, let's just carry on assuming we know what we're talking about. But, but the way they, the way they make it sound is that he wasn't much older than twenty one. Yes, and the, and the law is twenty. It can't be if you're older twenty. If you're older than twenty one, you can't have sex before seven. Does it say how old the young man was that he had relationship? Supposedly with? fifteen. Supposedly sixteen. It's pretty young. It's pretty young. But I was, yeah. That's pr- I don't know. It's pretty young. It's, I mean, plus what also happened was initiated over a, a chat line on the internet. Oh. Uh. And I feel like not that doesn't give any more leeway, but there's a whole cloak in front of you now. Like there's there's this whole thing of like, yeah, I'm totally into it. I'm totally of age. Not to say that is what happened, right? But you have that anonymity to go on. And you're saying this puts less responsibility on the older person or more? It's tough, man. It doesn't. Oh. It just puts it doesn't it doesn't take responsibility away. It just adds a. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if we'll ever know what happened. And maybe I should research this more before I start spouting off opinions about it. But if it's... Uh, there's, generally, we get real strict. Did you, did you read about the kid who got suspended for a year because of a marijuana leaf in his book bag? Turned out to not be a marijuana leaf? No, but that, that enrages me. So this concept of absolute zero tolerance of setting up these rules and never, yes. never looking at them for what they actually are. Uh-huh. Well... We might never know, but if it's the case that a 20-year-old man had a, a sexual encounter with a 16-year-old man, young yeah. boy, I don't know, is he a boy? I don't know. I mean, that's where, that's where it gets kind of shaky, because we're all mature at different speeds and different ways. And... If there was a predatory nature to it, yes. if, if it was a younger man who's confused about his sexual identity, and then a slightly older man who's also confused about his sexual yeah. identity... He, it's hard for me to accept that the guy behind Elmo is a sexual predator. Maybe that's what and this they, all and about. If they, on a, if they can he be an evil person? But if they meet on a gay chat line, right? Sure, we're all there for a reason. If we're sure. going to be on the gay chat line, yes, it's not to just make friends. Okay, and so if you're a 16 year old on a gay chat line, you're not there to just make friends. But it's the adult's responsibility to protect you from. But then it gets. You're 20. Are you a grown up? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Technically, either. you can drink, but no, wait. You can drive, but you can't drink. It's could a. It's a, very. Could a 16 year old said they were 22 on this chat line? Who knows? Exactly. That, then that's what I'm. That's the point I'm trying to infer, and it may it's not unfair to me to infer it because I don't know if that was the case. But I still stand by my point. If you're going to go on a gay chat line, you're you're there for reasons. But. If a kid, if a twelve-year-old comes up to you and like wants to smoke a cigarette, you yes. have to be like, "No, dude, you're twelve. Me and most twelve, most twelve-year-olds look fairly obviously twelve. Twelve, sixteen. When, once you get, get into like the fourteen, fifteen, and above, things start getting. Fourteen always looks pretty young, but it's like I don't know. And then when you get to sixteen, you could be easily tricked. I definitely who did. I hung out the eighteen-year-old beat maker the other day, and I thought he was. I thought he was twenty-nine or something. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like. I don't know. Three victims of the Elmo thing? That's tough. Okay, I'm going to shut my mouth about Elmo. Yeah. Stop defending Elmo. I don't want to defend it. I just, I don't know enough about it to defend it or not. Yeah. I just know that it's really hard. It's it's hard to, it's hard to see that he could be a predatory person, but maybe he is. is yeah. Who knows? 
I got it's hard to say about Cosby if he is or isn't, but it's something yeah. that's hard to imagine. And if it's true, and if kind of goes that way, that's tough. But isn't that amazing that that we we block ourselves from accepting something that might even be true because of what we've loved that someone has done? Yeah. But also, I just wonder what kind like Edgar Allan Poe was a freak. Like in the sack? He, he, didn't he marry his 13-year-old cousin? Oh, yeah. So his body of art gets to us kind of un, unjudged by those things. We'll maybe include it in a footnote of his biography. Yeah. But his, his work is appreciated for what it is. Now the legacy of Elmo is forever a little creepy to people. Probably because Elmo was already a little creepy. The Tickle Me thing was a little bizarre. Yeah, I thought. Well, because he, I mean, he's so children-centric. Poe... Uh, I feel like isn't wouldn't be as of scary thing because he's an adult writer writing about adult things. So you think if we found out that like Woody Allen. if we found out Woody. yeah Woody Allen did something creepy, it's like oh all right well yeah he's been kind of creepy for years now. But Bill Cosby because he was such a a family man, he played a gynecologist. That's someone you kind of trust with your sexual safety. It doesn't. He, you know, I don't think it makes it worse or better. It just feels worse or better. It's that that okay. So the, the interaction with it makes it more like nauseating or like. Eh, so you don't think the actual. Woody Allen was kind of a creep. Right. You, know? you don't think the actual deed is worse or better based no. on what they've done. It's just harder for us to accept emotionally yeah. that the the ice cream man who is the serial killer. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so frustrating because you're unlocking your doors to these people. And right. You see ice cream man. You're like, it's all good. Get your ice cream. Right. You see Bill Cosby. Come into my house. Come on in. If Bill Cosby showed up, it was like, hey, can I come in and talk to your mom? for for dinner. You are going to stay the night. You're Bill Cosby. Yeah, absolutely. That's why. Because it's so like, I am a safe thing. Sure. And when you abuse that. Can I talk to your mother alone for a minute? (laughs) (laughs) Bill Cosby was never considered as a crap battle of history candidate because it just, it didn't feel like there was a lot to talk about. No. How are you going to hate on Bill Cosby? Now, man, I feel like it could be. It could be rich. But, yeah, is, but is it so rich? Is it, like, too easy? No, it's not too easy because I think well, I, I think he like, could go up against, like, Richard Pryor. Ooh, that's you know, good. And, and, and Richard Pryor could be like, yo, man, you used to judge me all the time. Yeah. And Bill Cosby would be like, I still do. You did fucked up shit for, like, 30 years, and you let your hair on fire with crack. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> like it would they both have things to argue about. Um, but, yeah, I don't think neither – Lloyd nor myself would be a very good Richard Pryor or Bill Cosby. No, but I'm sure we know some people who could be. Yeah. Maybe we could do an animated one for them. Just playing Richard Pryor physically or Bill Cosby. It's just nearly impossible. Uh, you can do the impression, but to really bring them to life, they're so clearly defined. You'd have to find one special young man. Yeah. Like, I can, because Pryor, I just think of Pryor. He's like, kind of like that chicken walk. He's just got that, that posture. That, I feel like he's very, a cartoon, man. Very locked legs. He doesn't yeah. like bend a lot at the knees. I, Richard Pryor's son? Yeah. Is he, is he, is he a rapper? He's stand up. Wow. Interesting. That's a good point. That's a good uh, battle. Richard Pryor versus Bill Cosby. Yeah. Oh, it's right there. Oh, yeah. One, it's is so a, good. one is a lifetime of, of clean comedy and kind of some disdain and judgment for Richard Pryor's material. Yes. And one is a lifetime of honesty. You know, Richard Pryor was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just had sex with hookers yeah. while smoking crack. Yep. Yeah, That's no big what, deal. Yep. Well, it's not no big deal, but that was his life. Well, Richard Pryor, I read a book about him too, man. Really, really good also. Yeah. Uh, he, like, grew up in a brothel. 
basically. Interesting. And I think either his mother or his grandmother either ran it or was one of the, the workers. Yeah. So he it's would like, impact you. Sure. Yeah. Grew up. Grew up tough. And he got he got abused and molested as a kid. Yikes. Talked pretty yeah. openly about it. Yeah. Um, had a lot of problems. When it comes to brothel, same thing about Malcolm X. He didn't grow up in it, but he he worked the brothel for quite some time. He was like a was pimp, a pimp yeah. or, or like a pimp liaison. Costume exhibit, Hollywood costume exhibit. I hope it's not gone. I saw there's this exhibit at a museum here, yeah. Hollywood costumes. The reason I thought about this because they showed one of the costumes from Malcolm X, and it was a pimp suit, and I got confused. It's been a while since I've seen the yeah. movie. Yeah. It's like, I don't remember him looking like uh, um, uh, the guy from Joe The Mask. Dangles. Yeah. <laughs> So, but that was there, and then now I understand. They had the Charlie Chaplin costume, man. The Char- original Charlie Chaplin tramp like, costume. Whoa. Yeah. I, I, I wept. My eyes watered a bit. They had the Indiana Jones costume, mm-hmm. the Han Solo costume from Return of the Jedi, yeah. the Bruce Willis diehard tank top with sweat and blood stains. <laughs> it's amazing. So, if it's still around or if it's traveling, you got to go see it. I got to check that out. I did everything. See Chaplin. The Chaplin was, it was in the first room. It was un- unbelievable. Batman, Darth Vader, Superman, new Superman, Christopher Reeve Superman. Mm-hmm. They have nipples Batman? Nipples Batman was, oh, I'm trying to remember if there were nipples on the Batman I saw. That's was, Clooney. Yeah, it was, I don't think so. Yeah. I think they had uh, the Christian Bale one. Uh-huh. Christian Bale Batman. Man, wait, wait, I can't, it's so amazing how he dug that, that character out. I mean, Batman's always been pretty cool, but George Clooney could have put it into the ground, or that era of Batman. No, dude, you're talking nonsense right now. Batman. But Christian Bale is so good. Bat, yeah, Christian Bale was amazing, but he yeah. didn't dig it out of the ground. You, no, you no. Just remember how corny that television series was. <laughs> Adam West. It, it, didn't, it didn't touch the legacy of Batman. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know, Batman's one of those things. That's... That's what's so weird about some of those characters is that, like, Kermit the Frog is one thing. Yeah. Kermit the Frog will always be one thing. Mm-hmm. And since Jim Henson died, there's, they're trying to keep the true spirit of Kermit the Frog. Yes. Batman has been, like, 30 different things. I'm going to sneeze so bad. I think you came unplugged there, and... No, I'll be honest, I did that a little bit for effect. I was going to stumble a little bit, but I did, it did happen with more force than I did. You are on a small stool, I'm to your a, defense. I'm on a small, wobbly stool, and I fell just now. I fell hard while I did an overdramatic sneeze. Batman has sucked and been awesome. Yeah. That whole range has existed. Yeah. There's been sucky Batman cartoons sucky tv shows they still have their own charm but what a what a testament to the ability to fail and keep going like batman can really screw it up and people still love batman well also different strokes for different folks like when i was when that clooney batman came out and it was you know arnold schwarzenegger and jim carrey i I was all about it because i was like that age where i had nothing to really compare it to like michael keen batman seemed cool but all i really cared about was like Jim Carrey being funny and like these great costumes and you were nothing m- about it seemed weird to me. You were a moron. I was a young child. An idiot. I suppose if you want to classify all young children as morons. No, no, no. I'm only ha- only the ones the- that thought that the Jim Carrey Batman movie was good. I didn't have the, the breadth or the depth of experience to know that this was a bad movie. Had you seen the Michael Keaton Batman? 
Yes, but to me, all they uh, it all it all centered on action scenes. Like, were the action scenes cool? Sure, great. There was then cool- I'm on board with this movie. Like, to do some things and make stuff blow up, and I'm captivated. I wasn't looking for any kind of, you know, uh, plots or themes when while watching the Batman or movies. quality. Yeah, at that age. Nah. You just wanted explosions and, yes. yeah. Action. I didn't watch Ninja Turtles because I care deeply about the relationships. But surely you recognize that the first movie's awesome and the second one... Now I do. Okay. As a, but as a... Yeah, I get it now. That's what I mean. If I was a few years older... I'd have been like, this is garbage, most likely. Or 10 years older, for sure. But at and while in your prime, I mean, I wasn't alone. There were kids around me in the theater. They were like, yeah, this is great. Jim Carrey's hilarious. And there's stuff blowing up. We got into a big, I got in a big argument with my brother about the new Ninja Turtles movie. What's he think? He thinks that things like that are have to be... Like, I think it sucked. Yeah. And it, it bothers me that it was ever made. You watched it? Yes, on an airplane. Okay. It's horrible. Yeah. It, it it for us it teases you, it, it's like a. I, I can't even explain it. I was trying to think of some sexual metaphor, but I can't even I can't even explain it. It's just it's a big tease. Yeah, I watched the animated one that came out in like two thousand and eight, and it was a huge letdown. Huge letdown. My brother is of the thinking that those kind of things that everybody tries to make a great movie, and that eventually it just like there's just so much. It's hard that it's so hard to make a great movie. That sometimes you can't, and I, I just don't buy that. I, you know, he was talking about the studio, you know, needed to make this movie that made this much money so that, so that they could make things like, um, there was the one about Martin Luther King was made by this. Selma. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was released by one of the same producers or something. He mm-hmm. was trying to convince me that you can't make Selma, which is great, without making Ninja Turtles, which sucks, but makes a ton of money. And I, I just don't buy that. And looking at the career of somebody like Jim Henson, he never made anything that sucked. He, he might have made something that, like, wasn't that successful. Yeah. But to look at Ninja Turtles and see it as something that is successful but sucks. Yeah. I just don't understand why there's room or interest in our world for doing that. I'd imagine the sucking process has to do with too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. Uh, I, but that's... But he stuff. claims, my brother claims that, and, and God love him, he claims that no one wanted to, they all wanted to make something that didn't suck. And I am of the thinking that if they wanted it badly enough... It wouldn't have sucked. You think perhaps people hold on too tightly to their piece of it, so in order to influence it in that way, maybe I I don't know. So it's like this place is great, but like we got to keep that one thing that I contributed the, because like you know I think ego. Michael I think Michael Bay makes sucky movies. Yeah, and and he had a part in making that movie. I don't know. I'm not here to talk trash about anybody else's movies. I just get I get frustrated when such something that could be so cool and so good and have quality and merit to it ends up being just kind of a cacophony of explosions and annoying kind of racist humor. Uh, ooh, that's tough. How how much how much of it was the faces that put you off? I don't care that much. I could I could have gotten past that if I cared. So then you could even care for- if you had a big scar. Yeah. I'd still care about you. I, w- I wouldn't care about what your face, your new face looked like. If, you're, if your nose got sawed off in an accident, I'd care about the person inside of you. But I'm a friend. I'm a person you know. The Ninja Turtles are my friend, bro. Uh, respect. And respect. I don't, I, I don't like, like watching them getting trounced all over and capitalized on. Yeah. It sucks. They, I don't know if it was really racist. I, I think I might have inserted that in there. 
think I'm just a little angry. I told you I was cranking. <laughs> calling the race, calling the turtles racists. I think they were. I remember something was like that. Really? Like, and I, I enjoy the occasional bit of a racially fueled humor, but yeah, it, just, yeah. it, it didn't seem appropriate in cheap whatever. Shots. In what? Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah. That whole movie was cheap, and for something so expensive, yeah, there's no reason for it to be cheap and to play. It treats us like we're idiots. Yes. And we're going to be lulled by, and maybe we will. Maybe most of the people in the world will be like, oh, it's fixed. Or they're, they're 10 years old, like I was. Right. Going like, but that's, dude, I watched Indiana Jones when I was less than 10 years old. And it was awesome. Totally. And it's still awesome. The new Ninja Turtles movie sucked 30 minutes into watching it. And it's going to suck forever. There must have been something that you watched when you were 10 years old that sucked. But at the time, you didn't have the ability to quite see it sucking. You, like, you knew maybe something was different about it. Right. But you didn't, you didn't have the concept of this is bad. Maybe not, but getting a 10-year-old to think your art has merit isn't an achievement. Making a piece of art that a 10-year-old enjoys. It's a market. that will Yeah, yeah it's a market, but so sex slavery. Totally. Like, there's certain things that just shouldn't be done. I am not saying that the Ninja Turtles is like sex slavery. <laughs> yeah. I am just saying the fact that there is a market for something doesn't mean it's a good use of time and energy to do. Except you're going to make money. Which is, so what? So you can make more bad movies? I agree, man. I agree. But this is, that, that's the drive. The only drive there, I would have to assume, is the profit that you're going to see from the, the 10-year-old market. I honestly think he could make, no. This is not true. But there was a guy. There was a guy. I read this book about the history of nuclear accidents. Mm-hmm. And it's just talking about how people just love to watch things go to shit. Yeah. People will pay to see that. And then apparently in the late 1800s these dudes would crash two trains into each other and like 30 people would die but it was just like that's crazy and people would keep buying tickets and they'd go around the country crashing trains and some wheel would fly off and burn somebody's face and it was like you know pay the insurance whatever move on next town next show they'll make they're making destruction that sucks that leaves a mess that's expensive hurts people and people still pay to watch it it's like a circus. It is a circus. But it's, you know, it's like the circus having a bunch of tortured animals in it. We all know. It kind of does. Which it totally does. Yeah. But just be, you could say, oh, it's because those elephants make a lot more money. You know, and they do. I'm sure people don't want, I heard some idiot on the radio be like, I want to go see elephants. If not, I'm just watching a bunch. He was making fun of Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. But what you don't realize is those elephants, having visited that elephant dude, are the most miserable. It's like, yes. it's a torturous Life that we're supposed to have moved past. Yeah. So what I'm saying is just because something can make money, whether it's sex slavery, elephant. Or the Ninja Turtles. Elephant abuse or the Teenage Mutant Ninja goddamn turtles, it doesn't mean it should be done that way. And I you, agree. I fundamentally agree. Good. I, I, was, I totally agree. I just – that is the drive. That's I know. why it was made. I know. And that's, that's unfortunate. And I think I, – I like to think of that the um, – Treating us like we're idiots, that should be the main motivation for all that to stop. Uh, when people eventually get sick of being like, hey, but I'm, not, I'm not stupid. But we're not. We, I, I'm, I'm going to watch it because it's stupid. Like, I'm going to watch it on the airplane because i got to see what this stupid Ninja Turtles movie is. That's, it works. It, 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 it works. And it sucks the whole time. And ev- everybody, I think, gets brought down a level by it. Well, think about all the, the, in, the airport or airplane situation is a little different. 
if you think about, like, I'd watch it if it was on TNT and it was Thanksgiving or something, and I had nothing better to do. The truth is, though, if you're sitting around watching TNT around Thanksgiving, like, there's just a plethora of better things you can be doing. Right. So when you add yourself to the heap pile right. of shit things. Well, why don't we just get rid of the shit pile of heap? Heap pile of shit. Why don't we... Uh, it, we're depending on consumers to be like, no, I don't want to mindlessly look at that. Why don't we just rise above and whatever idiot was like, yeah, this is a, we should do this. Why? Well, because I still think consumers do like it. Do they? So I, I mean, if they didn't, why would they go? If they didn't, why would they watch? Because the same, also, how the same they, reason they went and watched trains crash into each other. Because it's kind of fun to watch. Stuff suck. <laughs> makes you feel like I could make a better movie than this you know I wonder if that's part of it I wonder if people leave the Ninja Turtles be like I could write a script better than this maybe maybe it's to inspire people I'm way funnier when I'm racist than this guy was I would like to think that the turtles they just didn't, they didn't mean it no one they, they were like a sacrificial lamb in, this, in the movie world that's what my brother says They it had to be made so that they can make a bunch of money, so that they can make something like Selma that actually matters. Did it make a bunch of money? Yes, it did. Every Michael Bay movie makes a ton of money. I gotta see that. I want to see the numbers on that because I, I just. If only you had a computer right next to you. Then I can't talk. <laughs> Would you watch the Ninja Turtles if it was direct, written and directed by Mel Brooks? If the Ninja Turtles was directed by Mel Brooks, would I watch it? Of course. <laughs> I mean, I watched it written and directed by Michael Bay, and. I got to say, I came to love Michael Bay after getting into him for the rap battle. I came to appreciate him in a whole new way. He's, I mean, I don't think he should be allowed to make movies. So the Ninja Turtles domestic gross, what is it? Uh, domestic was 100 and, uh, 191 million. Million, yeah, that's million. You almost said thousand. I almost did because I didn't see the other comma. So what was the cost? I'm trying to look up that. All right. Where are you? Well, $200 million is a lot of money to take in in the United States. Worldwide, I made four hundred eighty-five million. Right. Well, it didn't cost that much. Nothing cost that much. It probably cost hundred. Probably oh, cost production budget was one hundred twenty-five million. Yeah. See, I was going to say one hundred fifty. So that's Michael Bay has an amazing ability to make things that make money that come under budget. But the problem is he sacrifices on the only thing that matters in a film, which is does it suck ass balls or is it worth experiencing? And he just. He's like, yeah, I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm going to make it on time. I'm going to make it have kick-ass explosions. I'm going to make posters fresh, and we're going to get worldwide distribution. The suck balls ass question, I'm, it's not even on my mind, I don't feel like. I don't feel like it's even on his mind. My brother tries to tell me that it is on their mind, and they, it's just really hard to make something that doesn't suck ass balls. Perhaps. Maybe that's, maybe that's why we have you know, like the Academy Awards and only 10 are picked. There's a lot of movies that year. Sure. I'd have to think that's that's the reason. Sure. I would love to see a world where Michael Bay became the special effects supervisor, coordinator, director of photography under a, a gifted and uh, emotional director and see what kind of amazing things can happen. Instead of Michael Bay being able to be like, let's put some boobs here. I think that's what this story needs. Hey, black guy, can you yell more? Because... <laughs> Black guys love yelling. And boobs. Action. Black guy, give it to me. More yelling. More angry. Boobs. Shake the boobs. And blow all this shit up. That's, I feel like, what's going into this director's mind. 
And that's fine. But imagine if there was a guy working with him who he trusted, who was a little more emotional and was like, hey, man, maybe for this one, the black guy will be like more sensitive. We'll have a yelly white guy and we'll have an attractive, you know, I don't but know. Clothed. Yeah, but clothed. Yeah, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get like romancing the stone attractive, you mm-hmm. know, where she pretty conservatively dressed the whole time. But you see these casual slips of a bra strap and that is where the eroticism comes in instead of megan fox like leaning her ass crack over a car it's so contrived and crappy yeah. gosh but you know what what a fortunate lottery ticket that that's the thing that makes me the most angry this morning not exactly not the drone missiles being dropped on my street exactly not the gunfire in my backyard the your, your modern plumbing my totally modern plumbing, everything, the, 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 our ability to turn air conditioning on and off however we want. I'm like, God damn these Michael Bay movies. <laughs> that, is, that, that is what I can walk away from this being grateful for. Just be yeah. like, if the worst thing in your life is how much the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie sucks, yes. your life is great. If, yeah, if, you're, if your gripes are about art, like clearly, we, look how far you've evolved. Absolutely. Absolutely. No worrying about bread. Yeah. However, it does not excuse. Well, you would hope with more great stuff out there, it just would lift all of society. It would lift all of the all of the public to be like. Unfortunately, I'm gonna think a little bit more. Doesn't it made five hundred million dollars? It only cost one hundred twenty five million dollars. That means the people who made it made three hundred and seventy five million dollars making a piece of dick fart, and all those people are going to get more work. They're they're like yeah, well, this you- guy makes some hot selling dick farts. <laughs> And they're going to sell those all over the place. Those guys are going to continue to move up the studio chain. And when people come in with a great idea that's ahead of their time, I don't know, let's say Jim Henson trying to sell Fraggle Rock before it ever became Fraggle Rock. I'm like, this will never work, you idiot. Yeah. I got dick farts to unload here. But Yes and no. But we got, but we got people who crank out dick farts. Like, yeah. That's a job. That's a thing. And then you got people who are making good stuff, and their stuff gets made. Right. It just takes time, and it's it's a little bit more... Difficult, I suppose. You're saying, does the world need teenage they're just, mutant? They're, they're just not throwing 125 million dollars at the things that isn't going to produce dick farts because they know dick farts sell. But they'll, dick they'll farts but they'll throw 10 million. Yeah, I think it's because the people who make uh, I'm going to stop saying dick farts because it's making me more and more uncomfortable as I try to imagine what that actually means. The people who make crappy entertainment, uh, they they're able to make a lot faster and a lot cheaper because they don't care about the any of the stuff that matters. Yeah. Making making things that are good is hard, but it should be a prerequisite to make something. Yeah. I just, I wish this $375 million was like in the plus column, all right? And then does it suck is above it. And if does it suck, yes, then those people aren't allowed to work anymore. Even though they make a bunch of money, they suck. I yeah. don't know. That's a that's a fantasy world. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. Maybe it doesn't. You know, what's like? I got to hear from it's somebody. The carbon tax. I got to hear. I want to hear about this. I got to hear from somebody who loves the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I got to talk to that person. Yeah. Maybe maybe we can set up a, a phone call-in system. Yeah. So that we could talk. I could talk, and hopefully prevent myself from berating uh, a person out there who really believes in the Ninja Turtles movie, and and thinks I'm being a jerk. And that person might be 10, and I'll be like, listen, it covered all my bases. That's that's important. Yeah. 
it didn't cover all your bases because it taught you sexism, racism, and like dumb, dumb values and to eat Pizza Hut. And none of those things are going to make your life better. So (laughs) that's like saying like Mountain Dew's great breakfast for my kids. They love it. Yes, but the, but they're but from their perspective, they're not thinking about. They're they're not even noticing Pizza Hut. They're like Pizza Hut. They're not going. That's even worse, bro. Pizza, but that's that's your age. Yeah, I liked Pizza Hut as a kid. You know, but Pizza Hut used to inspire me to read. Yes, Remember exactly. That? But let's think about that. It was merely used as a tool to get people to get to go to Pizza Hut. That's it. We were going to buy books anyways. We were like kind of make mandatory had to buy books. They had those book. Sales, classic book sales all the time. What was really fueling that? Pizza Hut. Stuffed cheese bread. Yeah. That's what was behind that. All right. All right. But that's still good. We didn't we didn't realize it. But I it got me into reading. I totally got into reading because of Pizza Hut. And that little if if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, Pizza Hut used to do this thing where if you read like ten books, you got a free pizza at Pizza Hut. Yeah. It's pretty great. It was awesome. I still have some of my cards. Yeah, dude. That stayed with you for life. Yeah. Is a positive reward cycle of reading ten books and and a pizza hut pizza kind of cancel each other out in the health of your child. I think if you can get your kid to read ten books, give them a Mountain Dew. Good for you. But if your kid just sat through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he's now racist, sexist. He hates black people, hates women because that's how every kid feels after he watches a Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> And then he wants some Pizza Hut. He ends up being a fat, racist person, dies of a heart attack when he's in his late 20s, and that's bullshit. And that should be on Michael Bay's conscience, and I'm done with this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by racism, sexism. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles (laughs) motion picture. Maybe I'm just bitter, because I tried to get them to work with us when we made the rap battle. Oh. Maybe, maybe I'm, hey look I'm taking an honest look so you you wanted a part of that dick fart for a little bit yeah I wanted a part of that I wanted a, I just wanted to buy a new camera so we could make I wanted to buy a costume that was cool and a new camera so we could make a piece of art that matters and those are the compromises that I think people have to make kind of what your brother's saying it's like I haven't watched House of Cards politics is compromised well I really would have I would have eaten all the if they had been like hey we'll give you a bunch of money to promote the Ninja Turtles movie I would have been like absolutely <laughs> Love this, this pizza bread. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? I don't know. I think I'm just cranky, and the Ninja Turtles gives me. Yes. I'm cranky because it's hard, man. It's not that hard. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's uh. It's Do I owe the Ninja Turtles an apology? Do I owe Michael Bay no. an apology? No, you don't. He gets it. You don't, you think he's not? He's I played heard this him before. I get it. Yeah. I would love to have his. I don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah. I take my checks to the bank and I sign him with my nuts. But ultimately, but do you, but you don't really want to be that. No, not at all. Yeah, and no one and like if you if you have a have a chance to stop and think about it in this world, you don't want to be that. You come to the realization pretty easily that you don't want to be that. I don't want to have fear about what people are think, but are going to think. But I don't want to. I don't want to stop caring about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stop caring about what the what the audience feels about what we make and listening. Yeah. I don't. I what I'm trying to get rid of is being afraid of what people are going to think. Yeah, and it's just by jumping into the cold lake, you know? Yeah. You're going to survive. You're going to get out. And everyone's going to be like, and it's just something new to think about. I mean, this is, in my opinion, a very stimulating conversation about it was art. great. And then good things and why good things are. Got me worked up a sweat. I haven't showered in two days. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, man. I feel gritty. I feel, I feel like I'm doing something. Not as much about, as the people I'm reading about, but 
We're doing our part. Are you kidding me? We're the biggest web series on the, on YouTube, man. Like that's crazy. Just think about that. That that is going to be in the annals of like the internet and history. Like when YouTube started, which changed the game. We were on one of the biggest web series that changed the game. This is a very inspirational speech. <laughs> this is <laughs> this concludes the nice Peter podcast. I probably should have stopped when when I stormed off, but uh, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for being here. Enjoy your week. Um, go watch some. Go watch. Tell me why a bad movie is not bad. <laughs> I look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Okay, we're gonna play another song. As many people as possible should hold hands. Oh, that is so cute, Polly. Why are there so many songs about rainbow? What's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only. remember Anthony from such videos as Anthony falling off stage and breaking a stage monitor. Luckily he did not break anything this time except for George Bush, which we really don't mind. Who said that every wish must be heard and answered when wished on the morning star? Somebody
come on, this is beautiful music we're trying to make. That was beautiful. All right, here's another. Um,